as I've said a hundred times, it's worse than Alex Jones said. Alex Jones said it turned the frogs gay, but it doesn't. It turns them into trannies. The Social Psycho Confabulation with Ben and Mr. A. Good morning. Welcome to the podcast. Or I guess if it's another time for you, it's morning for us. We basically almost didn't wake up for this podcast, but we're here. We're live. We're in the studio. We're ready. We are loving life. And Mr. A is addicted to video games. And I'm wearing clothes. Yeah. But and in case anyone's curious what game I'm addicted to, it's this game called Far Cry 6. And I'm playing it on PlayStation whatever. Six, five, whatever one is new. Boy, it's good. It's just great. Like, you're a rebel, you know? And the fucking fascist regime has taken over in South America, and you gotta just kill them. Kill them all. <laughs> That's why it's so good. You just gotta kill these fascists, <laughs> and it's so good. Uh, oh, yeah. my God. Wow. And then I dreamed about it the other day, but it, I think I dreamed about Kim Plays Valhalla, which is a similar, almost identical game, but just a different time. And I had a dream. She, so in her game, she uses a lot of bow and arrows. And in my dream, I got shot mm. in the head with bow and arrows, like five. So I had five bow and arrows or arrows sticking out of my head and my skull. <laughs> and it was really traumatizing in the dream because I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get these out without dying. Oh my so, god! So when people say there might your dreams mean something, I think it means you're asleep, because I don't think that I think that means <laughs> oh Kim. Goodness. I watched Kim play video games before I went to bed, and then I dreamed about it. So, oh wow, interesting. Well, I watched a movie last night, um, Heart of Stone. I think uh, it's the number one movie on Netflix right now, and I cannot keep up with the predictive programming that's going on because. I don't know what the point of that movie was. It was like, essentially, there was this supercomputer called, I'm spoiling the movie, by the way, in case you're right. going to watch it. But there, it's not really like, there's not much to spoil. They tell you the whole thing at the beginning, and then nothing really that interesting happens throughout the whole movie. Um, there's a supercomputer called The Heart, and it is so powerful that it can, it's like what we've been talking about with Klaus Schwab, like, it can predict the future, and uh, so they uh, predict the future because they're using these predictive algorithms to predict people's behavior. They know you better than you know you, and it's so powerful to predict the future. And uh, their mission is to save as many lives as possible. So it's literally the utilitarian monster. And so there's a whole like CIA organization or whatever set up behind this supercomputer where they literally carry out missions that the computer tells them to in order to maximize the number of lives uh, saved or whatever and then there's this guy who's like he wants to shut it down and he's like computers shouldn't be telling people who to kill and who not to kill he's like that's wrong like that's radical and whatnot but that guy they paint him out as a villain and because and then what happens is he steals the supercomputer and then he just wants to take the supercomputer for himself and then use it to kill whoever he wants so like you're like, okay, I get that. But then also, then the movie ends and it like it just returns it to the same organization that had it in the first place. And you're like, 
what is this weird predictive program? Like, why didn't they destroy this computer? Like, what is this? <laughs> this is so weird. What is the message? The message is in the right hands. Oh, my God. Stop touching the mic. Stop touching the mic. In the right hands. Yeah, I'm looking online and nobody likes this movie. Oh, well, why is it number one? What is this? I don't believe in the Netflix ratings. I think they lie. I don't know what their ratings even mean. I bet you, you and your neighbor have different movies showing up as oh like the God. top movie. You know what I mean? Like they're just, they're fucking around. It says like the Google, just like Googling it, it pops up with just like on the Google reviews, 3.2. That's about how it was. It wasn't very good. It was just kind of weird. It's it's weird. It seems it's dominated by five and one star reviews. So that's what it yeah. looks like. This guy says, was... MI6, MI6, but worse. For the first five minutes, I was fooled into thinking this movie had a chance at being good. It's a shame, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love how people are like, we hold things to such high standards, and you're just like, can it just be a bad movie? You know, like, sometimes they're just bad. It's, it's not a big deal. No. It's a uh, audience score on Rotten Tomatoes 61, uh, Rotten Tomatoes tomato meter 30 <laughs> rotten tomato tomato meter i um, thought there was like a rule of thumb that like if rotten tomatoes doesn't like it it's probably good because they suck at reviewing movies like they're all like if all you have to do is have like super duper woke stuff and they'll give you like a hundred. Oh my god that's uh, like everything apparently <sighs> whatever anyway yeah i don't know what that was about but it was uh it's weird. It made me think, like, what are they trying to peddle here? I don't know. Maybe that's suspicious to be like, what narrative are they peddling in this movie? But you see it in other movies. Like, you see it in, like, the Avengers movies. Like, they're clearly peddling an agenda. Like, if it's Russia versus the United States or if it's, you know, this oh, yeah. is the kind of thing that the United States should be doing in its government and secret operation. You know, so it's like there's always some kind of, like, at least well, it presumption super- about what the movie is about that is analogous to real life there's something weird about that stuff sometimes like i think sometimes like current stuff is happening and they can like whip up something pretty quick at which i was i've always been skeptical of like how quickly they can do it because yeah like the january 6th documentary going up like a week or two after it happened unbelievable Like that, there's something about that where you're like, okay, so like that couldn't, like, there's only two options. Like you've been working on that since before January 6th, so you knew January 6th was coming or. It's such a shitty film that it was literally made in two weeks. Or you can actually, or yeah, like you can actually produce a film start within two weeks of something just like like that's how quick you can go which is hard to believe but like remember some of the even weirder ones are like not that that's not weird like that's weird like you should think about that and ask yourself what that means but like what about uh what was that one called i can't remember the name of it, it but they canceled it and it was it was right, it happened right when the pandemic, I mean, sorry, excuse me, the scamdemic happened. Oh my God. They had, what was it called? Was it, it wasn't Utopia, but it was, uh, shit. Anyways, 
it had all the elements like there was like a figure who was just like bill gates bill gates he was a tech guy but he was like making vaccines the vaccines the vaccines were invented basically to sterilize people but they were giving them to people um for the virus some like novel coronavirus like a I mean, it was all so strange that it, because it was right when everyone had to go home. And they were, I mean, like even from like social media campaigns on like Twitter, like they were incorporating every, it was like every possible thing that was part of the conspiracy was like in the show. It was so wild to me. And then it disappeared. But I mean, there were some really wild scenes that I caught. Like if you... Like they were sitting in those big camps, you know, quarantine facilities or whatever. And there was a there was a scene where they zoom out, and you're not supposed to notice this. It was just it was like an Easter egg, you know. They zoom out, and you if you pause it and like kind of look around the scene for a second of this camp, you realize the camp is empty, and the only there's only one camp. There's not even lights. Like all the other lights are out. There's one one tent, one one tent, one person, and it was all for the cameras. It was just a a set basically. Oh my god! So they had it set up so you could film from the outside and see this big city, tent city thing, and then in the inside there's this like dramatic scene going on, and they're like filming it and everything. But then you realize. As they right as the scene cuts and they just kind of you know zoom away and fade out, there's nothing in the city. It's the whole entire thing is fake, except for that one tent has a light on it. And you're like, wait a minute, this is like they're telling us right here in this thing that the pandemic is fake. So and it's all you know for TV basically. I don't know. There's just something weird about that. I don't know how they do that. Like how did they do it? And what's even wilder is that that supposedly this show had been another show in England, you know, like years ago. So it's like they didn't make it for the pandemic or did they? Like, I don't know how that stuff works. Like predictive programming, how deep all that stuff runs. I have no idea. It's like one of those kind of non-provables for me. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe the, maybe the universe works that way. Like it's just decoding itself all the time, you know, like it's like revealing itself and you can't, the artist can't even help it. They're like, Oh, I just did this. And it's like, reflecting reality I, I didn't even know like i yeah. didn't even need to do that that's what i was gonna say like i don't know if it's just the subconscious it's just like these things emerge or whatever in different places at the same time and that's not all that surprising or it's like literally and it could be both you know it's like also like there's an element of control where people in power want to get certain messages out or whatever so that people become more uh, accepting or reticent to or ready to accept those messages or yeah. whatever or give you the pre-context necessary to accept certain things. Yeah, Speaking of media narratives, sorry, this is my last thing. It's just coming to my mind right now. I went to dinner last night with her parents, which these oh. are people you never see, so I have to tell you about it. I talked to them yesterday. Oh, then maybe you know about this. You you know Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, he's like six foot, whatever, tall, older, but like pretty Mm -hmm. fit, skinny guy. Right. Remember, I started this with speaking of media narratives. So he says, Robert last night says, you know, 
his new wife are taking Ozempic for weight loss. Oh. And I was like, that's weird. What? Like he's a he's a rail of a man, kinda. Like as far as like people over yeah, he's the very 30- fit already. Yeah, he runs like ten miles a day. He's like got no body fat. I mean, he's so tall and skinny, and so is she. They're both very skinny people. I'm very perplexed by this. I'm like, why would you be on that? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was like, what? And then Robert goes, that's what I said. Like, how could you be on a weight loss? Dr-? It's like you wouldn't take diet pills, would you? Like, you're what's going on? Like, why are you even taking that? Like, clearly it's just part of a fad or something. Like why? I don't understand. Yeah. What's the reason? What's the reason? I couldn't, there was no reason. It was just weight loss. Like I, there, nobody, that's all anybody knows. Oh, that was He's it? just taking it because, and I'm like, so you're just taking it because everyone else is taking it. And then Robert says, exactly. Like he was really happy with my crazy reaction. Cause I was really, I was just really taken aback by it. Then he goes, well, I should have had you here the other day because you know who else took it? And I was like, who? And he goes, mom. And I was like, what? Why would you take that, mom? You, What are you doing? And she's like, well, I'll never take oh, it God. again because she couldn't eat for like a week. She's like, She said she was like vomiting, diarrhea, what? a week of constipation, like all the things, like everything was just, she said like it was the worst thing. And so she was like, and I've heard oh. people make this joke that like, oh yeah, you lose a bunch of weight because you literally can't eat, can't shit, vomit constantly. And so like, I was, cause I made the, I made the joke when she said what? that, I was like, oh, so you lost like six pounds in two days. She was like, literally, like I literally lost like six pounds in a week because I didn't eat anything and I threw up constantly like basically and i was like wow amazing so that's awful i don't know weird i didn't know it was having that effect on people why does everybody want everybody to take it i feel like it's getting pushed in the media like this is a miracle it's being pushed helping everyone lose weight it's too much over prescribed people are going to be there's going to be a class action lawsuit in like three years on this stuff it's going to kill people like you should not be like why would you we just had a pandemic where the medical industrial complex lied full <laughs> bald face to the whole world repeatedly. Then when they weren't getting caught lying, they were caught being fully wrong about nearly every single fucking thing they said. Almost every single thing they said. It was either a lie or wrong. Yeah, yeah. On the record now, we're like, it's not like... like it's on the record. Like, the news knows well, that. Like, yeah. it's not like it's a conspiracy. It's also just ridiculous. It's like, why can you take this? It's literally toxic if it's causing you to throw up and not be able to do all these things that are good for you. Uh, like, we, we can't take vitamins. FDA won't approve vitamins, but they'll approve this. Well, so like, what are we talking and whoever, about? FDA is so corrupt. Whoever recommended it to, to mom was like, you'll feel, like they said, you'll feel kind of nauseous. Like, I'm not going to take anything that makes me... I only take things where people say, this will make you feel euphoric and really great. Like, that's the only kind of pill (laughs) or drug I'm taking. This will make you feel pretty bad here. This will feel bad, but you you may want them. I'm like, no, I don't. I will never... I don't want that. I would never take that. What are you talking about? I mean, and I I would actually almost think a little differently about this if any of these people I just mentioned were like 480 pounds... But none of them are. They're all completely fine. 
And if you're willing to take medica- like r- mystery pills, or actually the Ozempic is an injection. So if you're willing to inject shit oh, into your- Oh, I didn't your, even know it was- I know, right? With a wow. plunger on it. Like, like oh I don't God, know where they got this from. And you stick it right <laughs> into your fat. Like, don't do that. Don't. I don't know if it's like people maybe don't understand my reaction, but I, I have such a visceral reaction to like the pharmaceutical companies just inventing a new thing. Like they we just made this. We it's brand new. Everybody take it and you go, oh, OK, yes. Like I'll take it right now. Like I, t- I don't even I have no questions, <laughs> no questions at all. And then just put it in me and we'll just see what happens. Like it could make your tits fall off for God's sake. You don't know. <laughs> Jeez, God. Louise. God, it gets me so riled up. I was so, I was Jack. Robert was so happy for a moment where I was like, "What? What is going on? We just went through the <laughs> pandemic. I just told you not to take those vaccines, and you wanted those vaccines, and now they're telling you the vaccines are bad and they're bullshit, and you know that. And I was right. And now you just take the next fucking thing they come out with." And Robert's like, exactly. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh God. Oh God. Anyways, that's all I have. Poor her. mom. She's like headed to leave the restaurant. No, I, but I was, oh. I couldn't, I was like, I was really, con- I was like, what do you do? Like, why, what do you, I don't know why she took it. Honestly. I, she probably just wanted to lose I weight. I think What's that's wrong? it. You know? I get it. I totally but get it. And I know it's hard. to think about it. But here's the truth. You're better off taking like diet pills. Don't do that either, like amphetamines, really. Yeah. But you could. Yeah. Like, there's other stuff that will suppress your appetite. Like, there's a there's a plant. I have like a little pouch of it. I can't remember what it's called, and it's like a some succulent that you can dry out and you can put it in water or you can smoke it or whatever. And it gives you like, it just makes you not hungry. I don't know how it works exactly, but it doesn't really have any bad side effects except for you're just like, I'm not hungry now. I was hungry and now I'm not hungry. But also just a little willpower, like just don't eat so much for a couple of days. Like I understand again, yeah. I get it if you're like a 400 pound person, cause those people have a problem. That's different. Like I've seen people that are really heavy and I'm like, like, you know, it's like hard on them. Some there's like a psychological problem happening. Like there's a reason you can, you'll eat like, 15 times and a lot of food mm-hmm, you know like mm-hmm. yeah 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 whatever anyway, whatever interesting do other things don't take the pharmaceuticals at least uh if they're making you vomit and whatnot okay make that make that on. sound kinder when you edit that i don't know i just got so i was just blown away by the media just being like hey i know we were wrong about every medical thing we just said for the past four years but here's a new pill anyway we're listening to Sam Harris now. We're moving on. We're moving on to Sam Harris. I've got some clips to play. Let's roll the tape. This is going to be just like an angry podcast for me. Let's listen to how dumb this is. <laughs> I, I will say a lot. I've heard multiple people now playing clips of Sam Harris over the past couple of days. So he must have said some really dumb stuff lately because people are really having a fun time just trashing him. Here we go. I'm going to play the clip. Roll the clip. Again, the, you, you can't give so if, if someone like RFK Jr. likes all the conspiracies, like every one of them. He likes the, you know, cell phones cause glioblastoma uh, you know, idea, which, again, 
it's totally possible, right? It's like it's, it's not that it's not worth looking into, but if you like that one and you like the Bill Gates microchipping one and you like the the Wuhan one and you like that COVID itself was just a pandemic and you and you like all of these and you like the Ashkenazi Jews don't get COVID, you, you just have it's a characterological problem. You have this appetite for I mean, you, you see this the the, the true avatar of this way of thinking is someone like Alex Jones, right? Like, and again, I don't know if Alex Jones is just a performance artist and it's, it's cynical and, and not, not real, or if he really believes what he says he believes, but assuming he believes what he says he believes, he is just, you know, it's like you're a, a, a nymphomaniac for, and what you love is lies, right? And, and half-truths, right? You like, you like, you just love the least credible ideas you know, the, the, whatever can come over the transom, that's what gets you hard, right? And so that you're just going to keep doing that. Are you triggered yet? Oh, yeah, I'm triggered hard. It's hard. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, yeah, do you want to <laughs> comment? What to say? I mean, was that the end of the clip? You could probably keep playing it. I mean, I was just... No, we'll, we'll play a little bit more because I want to hear... I wanna, he says something after the co-host... My the host of that particular podcast. That's that Modern now. Wisdom, there the podcast are. number 661 with Sam Harris. Um, Should have been 666. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. What did he say there? Recap. What was he's basically saying? Well, he's talking about RFK mostly. He's really. talking about RFK and so he's like, look, this RFK a, yeah. has a characterological problem because he likes conspiracy theories. And he's like, and these are the things that have the least evidence. And if you like conspiracy theories, you like lies. What is and, the what is the premise here? What, what what is the premise of this argument he's making? I, I can't figure it. I, didn't, I can't even find it. It's like, so why? Like, because why doesn't Sam Harris have a characterological problem? Because he doesn't believe any conspiracy theories. Like, is that also a valid argument? Because there's no premise there either. It, the premise is just so the an premise assertion. Would be that you don't believe conspiracy theories, and that's the, the, I guess yeah, the, that makes you a good or bad person. <laughs> there's like some underlying thing, which is that conspiracy theories equal lies are not true ever, but. Yeah. But I don't know what he what does Sam think is going on? First of all, you have to believe that when Alex Jones, this is what Sam Harris has to believe, that when Alex Jones is right, he's right on accident. It's like it's like a, a random thing. But then you have to I would also like to ask Sam, has hey, has he ever been right? Alex Jones was made famous recently, the most recent kind of like big thing that that like m memified him again was they're turning the freaking frogs gay and it turns out that they did do that everyone knows that it's he literally cited the study and then he got the scientists on who did those studies which is that like i don't even know he was like some long-haired dude that studied frogs and he studied atrazine and the effects of atrazine on the frogs so RFK's talking about the frogs. Now, did Sam Harris bring up the frogs? Because if he didn't, then he conveniently left that out. Because no, he does bring up the frogs at some point. And does yeah. he say it's true? I think he says something like, yeah, he has to explain away how that's true. And but it not is, to the extent that Alex Jones maybe portrayed it or whatever. No, it it's worse. I, as I've said a hundred times, it's worse than Alex Jones said. 
Alex Jones said <laughs> it turned the frogs gay, but it doesn't. It turns them into trannies. It turns them into fully. It takes. They took what they call super male frogs, super males that have no, like the way that, however the frog chromosomes works, there's like variations. There are frogs that can be hermaphroditic as a, like a evolutionary effect in case there's like too many males, you could, it could become a female in the presence of only males, something like that. There's some interesting amphibian qualities. But there are in the amphibian world. So not those frogs. It wasn't. They, they did do those, those frogs, but also they used super males and super females. They used like completely. They tried to eliminate that natural phenomenon from the study. And they found that they I don't know how this happened, but there's clearly some other genetics baked into these amphibians that allow this to happen. But they took, from our understanding of science, the super version of the male. Like they, I think they called them super males. No possibility of hermaphrodism. Exposed them to atrazine, and it made them fertile, viable females. It turned them completely into the opposite sex and didn't just make them kind of gay. Like It made them fully fertile from atrazine. Oh so it's wor- so Alex Jones didn't <laughs> yeah. harp on that. He literally said it turned them gay. That's like that's like oh it made them kind of like kinky or something. No, it literally changed their biology completely. Yeah. So yeah. that's an understatement. So to say that to use that even as an example of like well he might have got it wrong. Yeah, he didn't go far enough. So and then anyway. And why so here's another question, Sam. What you so you're you don't like RFK? Who do you like? You like more Biden? You want some more Biden? Is this what you're are you going for more of this? Like what what are we doing here? And he also you might be playing this, I don't know, but there's those clips. I'll try to find them because I oh think they're hilarious, where he basically says, he literally says, I don't care if Hunter Biden or Joe Biden had children in his basement. Oh my god. He's still better than Trump. Wow. Well, anyway, okay, let's play the rest of this clip a little more and then we can continue talking about it. Okay, here we I go. Yeah, chill out. Where's my nicotine pouches? And it's a it's a disorder, right? But it's, you know, if it's true that certain frogs are getting turned gay, nope. right? Oh, there it, it is. Like, and you're the first one talking about that. Well, he was right about those frogs, so he, he must be right about everything. You're going to find an audience. And the, 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 oh what's so God. perverse about our current environment online is that Can we pause there it? is no evolutionary, real evolution. I have to defend myself. First of all, I did not say that, first of all. But, I, but your argument, Sam, is that he loves lies or he's com- consummately wrong. You can't have it. This is what Sam Harris is doing here is he's he really is super smart. okay? but he's doing is a really high level ad hominem. It's a really high level ad hominem straw man type argument where you go. Where you you he's giving so many words to it that it doesn't look like he's just attacking the man. That's what ad hominem is. It's like a fallacy. It's considered a logical mm-hmm. fallacy where we're trying to de- 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 debate the truth, but you're attacking the person 
and it discredits the person. But ultimately, as like a philosopher or someone who knows logic, you would you would identify, ah, that's a fallacy because you're attacking the person. You feel insecure in your actual argument. And that's what he's doing. So he's talking about uh, RFK and then he's doing the quintessential. So what people used to love to do and it became too it was like too much for people to handle. They were like, you can't just compare everybody to Hitler, like just go, oh, everyone's Hitler. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, not everybody is... <laughs> anyone I is, don't like is Hitler. Anyone I don't like is Hitler. So now, like, the tempered version of that is anyone I don't like, anyone who believes a thing that's not mainstream is Alex Jones. They're all Alex Jones. You're a basically a Sandy theorist. Hook denier. Yeah. Oh! So everything is that. And that is ex- that is what Sam's doing. It's an ad hominem fallacy that he's pulling... Logical fallacy that he's pulling off here in expert fashion. Just because... Right, yeah. Because this is the argument. RFK believes things that also this other random disconnected person that RFK never talks about, never associates with, has nothing to fucking do with. That guy also believes some of those things. So it's like that's an ad hominem. You're comparing RFK to Alex Jones for no other reason than they share some similar beliefs and saying, see how that makes him not worth listening to? What, what, why yeah, again? Because, yeah. because another guy believes some of those things. Another, oh, are they friends? No, they don't know each other. Have they been on each other's show? No, never. Have they ever mentioned each other? Uh, maybe once or twice. I don't know. Probably not. Okay. Well, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? And by the yeah, way, yeah. that you have a closer connection probably yourself to Alex Jones because Joe Rogan, whose podcast you've been on multiple times, has had is like good buddies with Alex Jones and has been for like 15, 20 years. And mm. now, but of course now Sam Harris talks shit about Joe Rogan and thinks right, that right. he, okay. you know, that he's okay. okay. Let's keep going. Hold Woo. on. We can, we'll, we'll have plenty of time. <laughs> okay. I feel like I'm running out of time to just yell about Sam Harris. Evolutionary pressure anymore because everything can succeed. There's just a nut. There's a. There's always that you can always just find another corner of the internet, and another echo chamber, and just this part of 4chan. And Pause if 4chan it. isn't good enough for you. It can be over at 8chan, right? When you take your podcast, Sam Harris, <laughs> and you make a couple minutes of it available, and say that if you want to hear the rest of it, you have to either pay for it or beg for it for free from me, which is nice that he allows that to be done. What are you talking about? The rest of the internet is corners of echo chambers. Your podcast is literally an echo chamber. It's you. It, you have literally sanctioned your own self off into a silo where you are exposed to so little diversity of thought that you hear nothing but your own. And everyone that you used to associate Only with now thinks that you're a crazy you. person. Literally, like nobody thinks that you like all the people that made you famous. You now reject them. And they're all like going, scratching their head, going, what happened to Sam Harris? Nobody knows because you kind of like went off the deep end. Anyways, go on. It's like you can find this little hellhole where every where you're going to find a a, a requisite number of people to monetize ultimately are willing to hear and talk about anything. And so I, I, unlike many of the people we just spoke about, I'm convinced that we have an enormous problem with misinformation that is held in tension with our desire for free speech on every topic, you know, 24 hours a day, that we have to take seriously. 
we have to say, and, and, and it's, it's not that we should ever write a law which, which says people have to go to jail for saying crazy things. I, I think the First Amendment truly is sacred and the right, it's, it's just beyond sacred, it's just the right algorithm to have for it to run a democracy. And, and you know, we have it in America and almost no one, no one else has it. Has what? But Free speech? Is that what he's talking about? First Amendment rights. So I, I yeah, can't, okay, so I had to write something down. I'm, I'm losing track here. Is he support? It, oops, is he in support of the First Amendment or is he criticizing it? I'm I I don't understand what his point is. Well, the, he's the taking a very fancy stand. He's like, I support the free uh, free speech First Amendment, but I don't support misinformation. And then obviously you're left with a question: Well, what free speech? that's misinformation cannot be allowed and then who's deciding and can you go so back okay yeah go back like 10 seconds i just want to hear him say his thing again like just 10 seconds or something i, I think the first amendment truly is sacred and the right it's, it's just beyond sacred it's just the right algorithm to have for it to run a democracy and and you know we have it in america and almost no one no one else has it but but that's not the same thing as having a right to the gamification algorithm that boosts the craziest stuff preferentially to the ends of the earth and maintains it forever, right? And that and and now you add generative AI to that, and I think it's, the problem just gets worse. So, yeah, I'm 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 worried about consequential lies and half truths in a way that many of my colleagues in podcastistan aren't. Getting back to something which is okay, so that's what he says, and we can. Talk about. I yeah, want to listen to what he responds with the co-host, but he yeah. says the First Amendment <clears throat> is sacred and great and wonderful, but that doesn't give you the right. And then he says some bizarre thing that's almost unintelligible, which is that it does. The First Amendment, free speech, is a right, inalienable, and ultimate. It seems like he's saying, and then he says, but, which is where he is going to backtrack and say, but it's not an unalienable. And then he says something about the gate, because it's not the same. The free first amendment is not the same as the gamification of an algorithm that boosts. You don't I mean, have the right to a platform. Okay. Yeah, well, which here, is ironically the same thing that the ranking member in that committee on the weaponization of the federal government said she yeah, opened so what, her remarks and she said, you don't have a right to the platform, the largest platform in the United States. It's about his free speech, but no, it's you do not have a right to blah, blah, blah. And you're like, have you read the First Amendment, lady? Like, it literally says, freedom of the press. We made this argument before, but... Of the press. If you have freedom that's, of the press, then which you is can the algorithm and things that, can be spread. Yeah, That's the algorithm he's talking about, that he says you don't, you don't have a right to that. Because the speech isn't a gamification. The speech is speech. But you don't have a... It doesn't mean blah, 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 obscure thing about gamification. He's basically saying you don't have a right to be promoted... Well, what do you mean? Are you talking about on the internet? Because if the internet is the modern version of the press, of you know, okay, when we say press, what that of means publishing. is publishing. Publishing the printing press. It presses right. words onto pages. You don't have a right to that. What the fuck are you talking about? That is literally what you have a right to. That's right. literally it's what it literally says. Literally written in the First Amendment. And so it says freedom of the press. So it's yeah, it becomes difficult to know what he's he's scared, and he doesn't know. He doesn't even really seem to know what he's scared of. He's like, I want free speech, but I'm scared of all this speech. And that I'm scared because people like what's being said. So when people are saying things freely about 
and it's it's funny because he's talking about miss he doesn't he's freaked out about misinformation and disinformation me too like the ozempic shit like the vaccines like that the vax people need to go back in time and remember what the news was saying about the vaccines they were saying the craziest shit yes yes imaginable under yeah we all know now okay they literally yeah. said it stops the spread. You right, will yeah. not catch COVID. It stops with you. It's your fault if you don't get vaccinated that the virus continues. I mean, this is the narrative. Pandemic that of the unvaccinated. Was yeah, that misinformation? Was that disinformation? Or was that just people being wrong? See, because if you like the speech, but it's wrong, then it's just wrong. If you don't like the speech and it's wrong, it's some kind of ethereal gamification of some kind of mysterious difficult thing that only a technocrat can help you with yeah it's crazy he's out of his he's he's so it's like i i think it's a tragic loss to lose somebody as articulate as sam harris is to this kind of thinking that where they because he's backing himself into a corner where the only thing he's going to come to and i used to i i've mentioned this on the podcast about i think sam harris and the second amendment because he used to like kind of promote the Second Amendment to a certain extent, not promote it, but like admit that Defend hey, I'm it. yeah, I'm a left wing guy, but I'm I get the Second Amendment. I I think this is, and he had some weird opinions about it. But it's like I I always said, and I have said, he will uh, you if you scare him enough, you give him enough scary stories, he'll knee jerk to well now we just have to do something about it now well you know it's just it got to a point now where oh i guess we just what i guess i was just wrong you know we have to go back on those things and that's what he's he's right there now with free he's literally right there now with the first amendment he's like well i love the first amendment it's great but i don't know like now now the speech is so scary that i mean we're just gonna have to do something about it you're just going to maybe just not have access to the press. You know, if you say a thing that I don't agree with, you know, that's just not you. That can't be considered speech anymore. I mean, well, yeah, it's so interesting, too, because he lays out this like argument earlier in the podcast where he's like, well, you know, given like he's like, just dial up the lethality of the. Yes, I the, have that clip. I the disease. And he's like, and dial down the uh, harm of the vaccine. And the dial up the trust of the the politicians or whatever. He's like, and no one in their right mind would have not taken that vaccine. I'm like, well, yeah, but that's just a fantasy world. Like, we don't live in a world where that's true. No, like, he what he says is worse. Okay, we got to keep going through here. Okay, yeah, so I wanted to hear what this other guy says, said. Who um, is this guy? What's his name? I don't know. Whoever the host of the Modern Wisdom podcast okay, is. Okay, yeah, I see his picture his there. Okay. He looks very yeah. serious. Whatever, Okay less contentious perhaps Mm. death and the fact that we maybe should spend more time thinking about it or at least be a little bit more aware of it i want to read a quote from that presentation that you gave on death in the present moment i just love this like the idea that we're gonna read someone's quotes back to them it's a very weird what is this okay as a matter of conscious experience the reality of your life is always now And I think that this is a liberating truth about the nature of the human mind. In fact, I think there's probably nothing more important to understand about your mind than that, if you want to be happy in this world. The past is a memory. It's a thought arising in the present. The future is merely anticipated. It is another thought arising now. 
what we truly have is this moment and this. And we spend most of our lives forgetting this truth, refuting it, fleeing it, overlooking it. And the horror is that we succeed. We manage to never really connect with the present moment and find fulfillment there because we are continually hoping to become happy in the future. And the future never arrives. It is always now. However much you feel you need to plan for the future, to anticipate it, to mitigate risks, the reality of your life is now. Even when we think we're in the present moment, we are, in very subtle ways, always looking over its shoulder, anticipating what's coming next. We're always solving a problem. And it's possible to simply drop your problem, if only for a moment, and enjoy whatever is true of your life in the present. You say that your mind is all you have just mm. before that. What does that mean? And uh, uh, reflecting on that statement now, what, what did you hope that people took away from it? So I, I did not, I honestly, I don't there. think I followed that. <laughs> well, yeah. So it, it's like kind of like, an, here's another question now, get off this topic. Um, but he says it's interesting stuff. So in the context of the, the broader pie, you know, they're kind of going back and forth between different things and whatnot. And this is like a, Interesting. I thought the quote was really interesting because there is some truth in that, and I think it's very and like and truth a, in truth in, in in what? Like, well, he's saying, you know, all you have, like, you you're kind of like in a point of attention, and it's a never ending now, and the past is like something you're always, you know, it's like a cognitive fact that you're always ruminating on, maybe or cognizant of, and the present is something you're always anticipating, and you know, being cognizant of the fact that it's a never ending now, maybe. You know, it's like very like mindfulness, Sam Harris, you know, take whatever. And I think that that's a helpful, you know, interesting thing to think about. How is that now, his response to what Sam is saying, though? Is, I don't think it is. To it? Oh, OK. He's just kind of like, yeah, Next I topic. think it's just like another <laughs> okay. question. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. OK. But I think, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. In the broader context, I think they're kind of talking about a lot of things and they're going back and forth between, you know, because I think there's this underlying current of this argument of like, this is what I took away from the podcast, which is kind of interesting. So if say all the things that like they're just talking about, like free speech and like how to regulate speech and the harms of these platforms or whatever. And so and partly the harm, we're like kind of talking about evil, like we're talking about something bad, like what it doesn't matter who which side you're on. We're both talking like we're saying there's an evil, there's a harm somewhere that is happening. And then the question is really how to deal with it. You know, if you think the harm is the government officials that lied about the vaccine, if you think the harm is the people who said uncondoned things about the vaccine that, you know, were conspiracy theories, if you think that's the harm, we're all talking about harm. So the question is, what do you do about that? Like, how do we figure that out as a community, as a society? And then it's interesting because they shift to like this mindfulness thing and this is like the weird thing where I'm like, I understand mindfulness to an extent, but it doesn't really help us address that problem, which is like, what do we do about the harm? Like, we can't just all be like, if we all just focus on living in the present moment and just don't worry about those problems, they will solve themselves. Like, that's not a, an effective solution. So I thought, yeah, it's a little weird. But we can listen to his response here for a second, what Sam Harris says about this particular part where he's like, all you have is your mind, which is a very interesting thing to say. It's a very, like, psychonaut, very, like, 
I don't know, maybe almost nihilistic to me thing to say that like all you have is your mind. Like that's a very like evolutionary biology. Like there's nothing spiritual. There's nothing more than just your thoughts. It's very weird. But this is what Sam says. Well, it's, there's this, we've spoken about it a little bit already. There's this fundamental truth that you never truly arrive if your if your attention is always purposed toward looking for the next thing, anticipating the next thing. Uh, if even in the presence of that very thing that was the next thing and now it's now, you are busy telling yourself a story about it. You know, you're, you're, if your engagement with it is mediated by thought in each moment, and you can't actually make contact with it, you can't you can't. There's, there's this dissatisfaction, even in satisfaction, right? You get the thing you were longing for, and you, you have such a, you're so distractible, you're so, you're so burdened by this automaticity of thought, this conversation you're having with yourself, that the present moment isn't even salient enough to you, right? And so it's, it's a, um, most of us, most of the time, live in that kind of, you know, we get buffeted between the past, anticipating the future and thinking about the past. Yeah. So anyway, um, <clears throat> that's what he says. And uh, yeah, I do think there's something interesting, something true about that, something helpful to think about. But I don't think, like I said, it addresses the question of what do we do about the actual harms and problems that you're pointing out? Like that isn't the solution in my mind. I don't know how that can be the solution. I can I'm, see how uh, yeah, that could be a helpful tool, but I'm trying to understand how this is <laughs> like relevant to the kind of bombastic take he just had on <laughs> free speech and misinformation. It's like so, like th like next we question. Th we should think a little bit. Like we should think about stuff and be present because. Alex Jones is similar to RFK. Uh, if what, yeah. How is this connecting back? I, I mean, I think the thing, I think Sam Harris doesn't have an answer. I think he's in a, a world now. I think this is why I, I, we've said this before. The most, the scariest people are these like high level intellectual types because they it's it literally it, there's a, an effect that can't even remember what it's called psychological effect or whatever where you it's like he doesn't know he can't imagine himself being wrong basically like you know what i mean like he's just right mm. ultimately you know like he's thinking well everyone else is thinking poorly so i have to figure out some kind of solution and worldview that indicates that or that i uh, upholds that oh kind of internal philosophy that I have that I don't even know that I have, which is that I, I basically can't be wrong until I decide that I'm wrong. And I'll never decide that I'm wrong as long as I don't like the people that are saying things I don't agree with. You know, and it's like, I yeah, don't understand yeah. where he's coming from. I think he's really, it's a real loss for no, us right now. it's weird. I wanted to skip ahead and play one more clip from this podcast. Um, so, yeah, again, this is like a little bit discontinuous, but it's another interesting part. I didn't, this podcast is like three hours long, so I didn't want to play the whole thing. Obviously, that would be crazy. Okay, here we go. Breaking the spell of thought is very much like waking up from a dream when you, you just didn't know you were having. Like you were, you're asleep and dreaming. Let's leave aside lucid dreams, which are a different case. 
the normal case is you're asleep and dreaming and you have no idea what your situation is. You are you are convinced you're in a totally different situation than you in fact are. You're you're actually safe and safely in your bed and yet you think you're somewhere else. You're at you're at a nightclub, you're you know at the office, you're you know you're at the doctors, something and it could be an emergency and it's completely imaginary, right? It could have some point of contact with your life, but it's completely imaginary. And the amazing thing about dreams is the transition from sleep, from waking to sleep to dreaming, is one in which we never register a moment of surprise, right? Like, like it's just, it is amazing that your mind is capable. Like you are, you go to sleep in your bed, and then the very next thing that happens to you as a conscious entity is totally discontinuous with what where you were in your memory 15 minutes ago and where you, you in fact are in this moment, you've, the, the laws of physics have been suspended, you know, dead people are now walking. I mean, literally talking to someone who's dead and you're not even, you might be surprised they're dead. But, I had a, dr I had a yeah. dream a couple of days ago that, anyway. Like when well, I was shot in the head by those five <laughs> bow and arrows, or five arrows, <laughs> right. and I was, I was a little surprised that I was shot in the head with arrows, like he was saying. Exactly. But I think it's so interesting here. So he's really playing both sides of the aisle because remember, in that first clip, he, the, the host of whatever this Modern Wisdom podcast says to him, he quotes back and he says, you've said thoughts are all you have. And then Sam Harris, literally right there in that second clip I just played, says, you need to break from the illusion of thoughts. Wait, what? If thoughts are all we have then what are we talking about? Like, if your mind is all you have, we need to break, like, we need to break, unless you're saying that there's a difference between the mind and thoughts, which now we're getting into, like, some new emergent philosophy of self. Like, it just doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. But anyway, the thing I thought was really interesting about this was, um, so he says, like, we need to break free from, you know, thoughts or whatever, and the illusion of thoughts and it's so interesting because he seems to, like, discredit thoughts themselves. He's like, thoughts are just emergent. And he goes on more in there. He's like, they're just emergent from who knows where. And he, like, analogizes, analogizes them to the dream. Like, he's like, dreams, they just emerge from nowhere. They have no continuity with reality. And you, like, wake up and you immediately forget them. You can't even remember them because they're that disconnected from reality. And he's like, your thoughts are kind of similar. Um, in other words, he says that, and he's like, you know, so we need to break free from that fantasy. And one, like, I would just like to say that's a very weird worldview. Like, what are they then? Like, what are your thoughts and dreams if, like, your explanation is like, that's just nonsense. And that just, it has no meaning. It, it literally, we can't explain it. Like, it just... It's like the error in some world equation that you're like, well, the reality equation, this is just the error term. Thoughts are just the error term that you need to ignore and get rid of, and it's just completely meaningless. And I would like to point out that, like, not everybody thinks that. Like, Young thought, like, thoughts and your dreams, like your fantasies, that was like your subconscious revealing itself to you. And they were very meaningful, and there was a purpose to them, and... Yes, they were discontinuous, but they're not con discontinuous with reality. They're discontinuous with your conscious self. And I think it's so interesting that Sam Harris makes a point that's like thoughts are discontinuous with reality because I'm like, that so highlights like how closely identified you are with the conscious self. 
like you don't even recognize an unconscious like because if you did like you would have to acknowledge that these are are coming from somewhere because you're like well they they don't exist inside my conscious self and so they're not real and you're like well that like exactly that's the whole point is like you don't accept a reality that doesn't exist within whatever you are conscious of right today already. Yes. You know, it's just so interesting. Yeah. Let me, okay, I have to go to the bathroom so bad. I'm going to find this clip and then I'll be right back. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Quick break. I can think again. Yes. So. We're back. My commentary on Sam Harris here. I don't know if he knows what he's saying at this point. I don't know why he's talking about dreams what his point is that like it seems like he is in that because he's a weird dude he's like super materialistic also like meditation is the best thing you could possibly do for yourself and inside of this meditative state you should realize that like all of this is super illusory or something and it begins uh, the fact that he's like kind of pairing this with in with uh, injecting it into the conversation of like misinformation first amendment stuff it's like i i i i lose the thread i'm like what is he even trying to say here that it's is he make is this like accusatory of other people like everyone else needs to realize that their thoughts are not valid i, I mean you know i it's hard to it's hard to parse to be honest right yeah well it is weird yeah they go back and forth on this like you know m- mindfulness point or whatever and kind of take different approaches and talk about Jordan Peterson versus him um, in this podcast. And it's interesting because I think regardless, it's like Jordan Peterson is offering a solution or at least a strategy for dealing with the problem that we are talking about, which was free speech and like the regulation of people's speech and the tyranny of a totalitarian government that wants to control people's thoughts and speech and then Sam like it's like you're not offering anything to address that problem and it's as if you're like well the problem doesn't exist if you just don't worry about thoughts if you just see them as illusions and you're like well people restricting people's speech is definitely not a thought like that is definitely happening like the platforms are definitely silencing people and definitely have gone to people's homes who have criticized government officials and been like, um, excuse me, ma'am, what did you say about blah, 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 blah. You know, yeah. like, that's not a thought. Like, so you're not offering a solution to the problem, which is, that's the weird thing I, I feel about his stuff where I'm like, I do see the value in it and I see how some of the stuff you're saying is true. And it might be even helpful, but I don't see how it offers us, like, I don't see it as like, diametrically opposed to something like Jordan Peterson as it seems to be painted out or something like it's not like well Jordan Peterson's idea of responsibility or just mindfulness <laughs> like, yes well Sam Harris used to be like a one of those guys that was like the the cure for you know quote-unquote bad speech within the free speech paradigm is better speech like good speech true speech and I feel like what he's complaining mm, about yeah. is that is that he thinks he has the better speech and that these other speeches are bad speech. And, but that it seems like he's complaining that nobody's listening. Well, and there's a couple points to be made there. Like one is you made your speech, you put your speech behind a paywall, first of all, and unless you're on other people's podcasts who don't do that, like this guy who you could just listen to his podcast. 
So that's interesting that that's that you're trying to you want your your speech to be monetized and right, you also right. want to complain that people aren't able to aren't you know accessing and and holding on to what you say as much as well fr- quite frankly I used to listen to to Sam Harris I I literally listened to him through his transition and 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 when it all went behind a paywall and as soon as he did that I stopped listening I was in college I could not I, I was not about to pay money mm-hmm. to listen to something that you you that you're already putting ads in i mean you're already getting your money i'm already paying spotify spotify's already pumping ads through your your thing anyways so whether it was or wasn't i don't know the point is this is what you've chosen to do and you're freak you're basically just freaking out that well it's so interesting too because he's like thoughts we need to distance ourselves from the fantasy the irreal element or aspect of thought and then you're like but that's exactly what you're doing is trying to lay out a thoughtful argument about why we should be censoring people. And so you're like, are they fantasies and we're totally disconnected from reality? Or can we use them to figure out what the nature of reality is and how to move forward as a group and people and species? Yeah, it's like, you can't. You're just literally playing all sides of the aisle. It's like, what are you saying? He wants his cake and to eat it too. I mean, you know, and who doesn't? But like... You like shot yourself in the foot and you're complaining about how bad it hurts. You know, it's like, well, you know, sorry you did that. I mean, if you want, I mean, be more compelling. And and he thinks it's he it seems like based on his little weird commentary that was kind of vague that he believes that some of the issues with this is like, I don't know. I, I can't tell if he's using the word algorithm to mean algorithm or if he's using the word algorithm to mean as like a metaphor because he seemed like he was using algorithm as like a metaphor to describe like what's happening with speech. But there's also literal algorithms within the speech platforms. And I don't know what he means there, but it, it to me, it sounds like he's saying that people like the other stuff more than what he, they like, what RFK is saying, for example, more than they like what he's saying. And right. if if that's the case, that's not you. You don't just get to then try to curtail the First Amendment or implement policy so that more people like your kind of speech than the other kind of speech. Maybe you're talking past people. Maybe you're wrong. Or maybe what his ultimate complaint ought to be is that he doesn't like mob rule or something like that, and that the mob has latched on to ideologies or speech or things that are not conducive. I'm like steel manning his argument here that like that's these are like people are getting hyped up on something that they shouldn't be and if he wanted to he could draw the analogy to like Nazi Germany which people love to do which is like you know it happens little by little and then all of a sudden you never realize that everybody was on board every people loved Hitler to be honest that's that's how it worked you know and that was like the mob and the tyrant you know it's like the classic age-old story but what does so what is his point you know it's like you you've got to maybe you need to talk to those people instead of deriding them instead of belittling them instead of ad hominem attacking them there's a reason they want even if they're wrong there's a reason people want to to go along with that and you're just talking past them and saying things that they don't want to hear that they don't agree with you're completely ignoring their concerns and going why won't these people listen to me well, it's because you are not 
you're out of the loop, man. You're disconnected. You're not part of the people. You're you've taken taken yourself and put yourself in like a technocratic position above everybody else, and you talk past them, and everyone just thinks that you're a dick, basically. Yeah. Well. So yes. Yeah, so steal me on his argument. I think there is a question around you know. So if we have these you know, platforms, publishing, modern day publishing platforms like Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And we have these algorithms that essentially they're designed to boost popular content, you know, like to show other people content that other people like. Um, That's how they work kind of at a basic level. But then the kinds of things people like, well, that's what people have problems with in, you know, for instance, negative information spreads more quickly than positive information. And so people, you know, don't like that there's a negativity bias on these platforms or whatever. But again, like back to your point, so we can take that, you know, thing, then what's the solution? And a solution isn't, well, then some people will get to decide what gets to be published or whatever. Like the newspapers had this problem too. This is not a new problem. Like the newspapers had negativity bias. They've always had crazy negative headlines. I mean, if it bleeds, we report it leads, on that crimes. used to be what people yeah. say. I mean, exactly. So we've always been dealing with this. And it's only recently that we've decided that the solution to this problem is if it is even a problem. We're, we're now construing it as a problem, one. And then right. two, we're saying the solution is, well, certain elites, literally, people with power need to be deciding what's good for content, you know, what's good to be spread. And that's just a dangerous place to be. And I feel like there's no way around that that argument. That's the argument you're making. Because it would be different if the algorithms were designed in a way that they make it sound like they're designed. I feel like they are literally gaslighting people when they say like, you're not allowed to be boosted for certain things. I'm like, the algorithm is not designed to boost like conservative talking points. That's like what you make it out to be. And I'm like, that is literally not how it's designed. Like it is designed to promote things that other people like and engage with. Right. And then you just don't like the things that people like and engage with. Like the algorithm doesn't say anything about, because like they don't put in the conservative talking points and they're like anything that has these keywords, you know, boost it. <laughs> like yeah. that's just not how it works. In sometimes. fact, it's probably the other way around, if anything, because we've seen the if like anything, the bias yeah. within like Chat GPT. It'll make jo- bad jokes about Trump and won't do it about you know Biden, and they're always like quote unquote trying to fix that and stuff. And it's like that wasn't something that was learned through a learning model. That was something that was told to the learning model to have a. It it was like a, if the learning model is kind of fluid, they put in a solid piece there that says, but don't do this, don't say the n word. Don't say curse words. Don't tell people how to make right, bombs. Right. You know, they they put all that extra stuff in there and none of it from from where I'm standing, which is not a conservative point of view, but it, or I, I don't know what it is, but it, it doesn't I don't it doesn't seem it actually seems fairly. This is probably not a popular opinion, but like it seems pretty balanced, like there's I see crazy on both sides in my feed. Yeah. Like I see people saying, I mean, just absurd stuff. And I and also, by the way, I almost never see anything about Alex Jones except for like some somebody turning him into a comedic, you know, uh, object, basically. <laughs> just so a, a clip. So yeah. So I don't know what's what he's. I I don't even know if he knows yeah. what he's. I think he's literally in his own. He's complaining about echo chambers, like he's in his own echo chamber where it's just his voice. 
echoing back to himself, him, he, himself and CNN or something. I don't know, but it's like, it's like you have a disdain for the people that you want to talk to. And they, they sense that. And we'll, I'll show you here. Are you done with your clips? Cause I've got clips. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got, you found what you're looking for. Yeah. So this is, they do a lot of commentary, so it may take a minute to get through this, but there's lots of Sam Harris in it. And I used to think it was like kind of weird to use a podcast to do clips, but that's <laughs> the world we live in. Like people used to play clips of news on their podcast. That's fine. I don't listen to the news. I listen to podcasts. So this is what you're getting. But uh, let podcast, me. Podcast, podcast. It's very meta. It's a little meta, but it's good. And this is the OBDM podcast, Our Big Dumb Mouth. They're pretty easy to find. They seem like they have multiple podcasts. I can't really figure out, but I just listened to the main OBDM, I think. Um, but here, let me share this. Here we go. Uh, this is this is their intro to the new segment again. Whether you are an auto mechanic or a farmer or a rancher or a shopkeeper or an insurance salesman or a police officer or in the military, Sorry, we have to listen to some Alex Jones first, apparently. Paralegal. Uh, it, it, it doesn't matter whether you're a masseuse, whether you're a grocery checker, you can be a police officer, you can be a school teacher, you can be a trash collector, you can be a politician, you can be a musician, you can be a nurse. Oh you can God. do any of those things you choose. Okay. Sorry. But you got to listen to this next segment by Joe. Come on. I... <laughs> Dream big, people. <laughs> Sorry. They play a lot of Alex Jones clips. I uh, love it. Did you see the Sam Harris shit? A we talked bit. about uh, yeah. a, a little bit. I saw what uh, some other commentators like Jimmy Dore. Uh, it's yeah, just yeah, I got his clips. Uh, it's just um, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> I you know so Brandon, who we went to school with, who I was, that was my first long term relationship. He loved all this like atheist stuff with Hitchens and Neil deGrasse Tyson and Sam Harris and Richard Dawkins. He loved all this stuff like to a point that was like, all right, all right, you know. And it's like if you remember back to the original creators, amazing atheist. That guy turned out to be such a loser. What happened? <laughs> like, no, what happened? I'm he's not... still out there doing stuff, but he's just he, he's the the. You'll hear it said a lot is that when you you know when there's there's a big hole in your heart. I'm doubling the speed so we can get up to it real quick. Point of graffiti, but help. No, but like if you if, if you don't have God in your you know in your heart, then you you fill it with something, and generally speaking, it tends to be the government. Government so or same, alcohol. Well, there's that. And Sam <laughs> Sam Harris is one of these people who proves that he needs the institutions of government to fill that void of you know something larger and more aspirational. You know, he, what, what he if he had like a be... goldfish? Would that do the same thing? Yeah, pretty much. Does he just need like a hobby? Yeah, maybe he just What's needs that? a pet. Goldfish? He might just need a pet, but. You want to play this clip over here, Joe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is a throwback. So we're gonna go okay. to throwback to what? All right, here we go. He did a classically that got him into all this trouble in the first place. All right, let's listen to Sam Harris. We love him. Deeper. Listen, I don't care what's in Hunter Biden's. I mean, Hunter Biden at that point, Hunter Biden literally could have had had the corpses of children in his basement. What the I fuck? I would not have cared. Right? It's like it's there's nothing. First of all, it's Hunter Biden. Right? It's not. It's like. It's not Joe Biden, but oh, okay. even if Joe, like even the, whatever scope of Joe Biden's corruption is, like if you if we could just go down that rabbit hole endlessly and and understand that he's getting kickbacks from Hunter yes. Biden's deals in Ukraine or wherever else, right, or China, it is infinitesimal compared to the corruption we know Trump is involved in. <laughs> Yes, that's right. He really said that he wouldn't care if Hunter Biden was keeping the corpses of children. In okay. All right, so skip oh, that one. Go to the next one because I, oh, I couldn't find the original, oh, yeah. and I wanted to just play it straight through. 
But this is the kind of thing that Google does, and I should use Bing. Sorry, Cartoon. I was going to say, what, um, what video are you looking for? I'll find it. It's it's the original of this little stream of consciousness. It would probably be about three minutes, but this is from Sky News where they're breaking it up and putting their commentary in it, which is, is fine. Um, and they are sort of the 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 classics. So this 235 second one, this is the other part. So Hunter Biden could have had dead kids in his basement. All that matters is Trump can't be president. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's not that doesn't answer the people who say it's still completely unfair to not have looked at the laptop in a timely way and to have shut down the you know the New York Post's Twitter account like that that's a, just a conspiracy that's a left wing conspiracy to deny the presidency to Donald Trump absolutely it was absolutely right but I think it was warranted yeah it was, was warranted I mean, yeah. who needs democracy all, right, all those so that's enough of that let's let's see what he's saying today because he's a lot of people are commenting on how he looks and you know how the presidents get uh like they 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 go from like colored hair there's like streaks of gray to like 100% gray and yeah it changes you, know, you as a person dynamited rock like look dial up <laughs> so this is this should be the the latest one here dial up the the deadliness of the pathogen mm. you know give us something oh, real like quick. let's pause real, you know real, real, real airborne sure so in that previous segment, where that was from a couple months ago, we didn't play it because I couldn't find that whole clip. But what what he was saying in that podcast and has said on a, a couple occasions is like, well, if the virus was more deadly, you know, then I would have been right about everything. That's been his argument for a while, and he's going to continue to make this argument now, which is why he went, you know, he was trending on Twitter the other day because people are like, dude, dude, just like either stop talking or apologize yeah here we go here's, here's sam harris again dial up the the deadliness of the pathogen you know give us something like you know airborne ebola that incubates for a month you know you don't know you have it and you're what you walk around spreading it and it's got you know a 75 percent fatality rate and it's mostly killing kids no one gets to make that choice anymore. I mean, then literally the, the cops come in and vaccinate you. And I, w I would say that all of us would agree to that. The moment, again, that you turn up the lethality uh, uh, on, the, on the pathogen, you turn up the effectiveness of the vaccine, you turn down the risk of the vaccine. Give me a truly safe vaccine where there's not even one documented case of vaccine injury, right? So that then you just have to be completely crazy to be worried about being vaccinated in that in that kind of environment. Um, then it's just a no-brainer. Then then we just don't tolerate a diversity of opinion because the stakes are too high. It's it's a full-on emergency. Bodies of kids are being stacked up in parks, right? We we there's so many of them we don't Let's know what to here. do with them. We've got these mobile. Please. Were those kids? Yeah. Oh, he, okay, we could probably stop. Right. It well, so no, he's he's all of a sudden concerned about dead kids when they're in Hunter's basement. I had he doesn't care. You're right. He doesn't care about dead kids if they're in Hunter's basement. Only when they're on the playground. I had to let him make that point. There's more. There's so much more. But uh, comments, right. questions, 
Yeah, well, so that last thing, that's that's from the podcast that I was playing clips from, which is the Modern Wisdom Woods. That's what I was mm. referencing earlier. Like, dial this up, dial that down. Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like a fantasy world. One, he made, like, he literally made up a, a, a universe that literally, like, it literally can't exist. Like you're, like, Tylenol. Okay, ha- too much water. You know, like I mean, <laughs> right. things can. Uh, there's no such thing as a vaccine yeah. that has zero side effects and zero. I mean, there's just that's not a real world scenario. But he wants that to be real so bad. He wants right. that. And the kind of conclusions that he makes are crazy. Like we need a, a scenario or it's like we we won't tolerate diversity of opinion. We won't. He uh, said the cops, we'll, the come, cops will the, come, the in cops will come in and vaccinate you. Get OK. OK. Come on. <laughs> Bring it on. Like, I don't think so. Like, what is he talking about? Like, what? It's really what, crazy. Yeah. He, it's like he, think of the motive to say something like that. Like, what is going on in your, like, mind that you have some weird relationship with that has something to do with meditation and the irrelevancy of dreams? I don't know. But, like, what is going on for you personally that you you need to come up with this scenario like wh- what's the point like that's not a re- it's not yeah. what happened it's not what happened it's not what happened no the no. opposite of that happened the, like so i don't even know where he's like what is his what's his point like why do you and that's such a great they he, they point out perfectly with that quote you know like i'm re- I don't care if there's corpses piled up in Hunter Biden or Joe Biden's or whoever's basement. And then, uh, you know, compared to what if children were dying from that? It's like, so do you do you you don't care about dead kids or you do care about dead kids? I'm not I'm not following what where's your consistency of thought here? Right. Well, then, any. yeah, the argument about Trump doesn't even hold up. It doesn't even make logical sense. He's like. Well, if we followed the uh, conspiracy trail or the you know paper trail of Joe Biden's corruption, we know it wouldn't be as bad as the stuff we know about Trump. And I'm like, that's just patently not true. Like, you can't say that things you don't know are definitively not worse than things you do know. That's just not logically true. That it's, can't uh, yeah, be it's true. Like, you don't know I think them. He's, I think he's making it. He's like, well, I think they make the point in this podcast at some point, which is basically he can't admit that he's wrong. So he wants, so it, it's kind of like he's saying, well, if, and then makes up a completely fabricated scenario, that's not even possible. And then says, if that, then I'm right. Then I was right. But, but, that, <laughs> right, but, exactly. but, the, but the rest of the argument is, but not what I said. Therefore I'm, he doesn't make this conclusion, but not what you said. Therefore you're wrong. You're wrong. Like, that's the conclusion right, you yeah. should be drawing here because you had to make up a fake scenario that did not happen to make what you said previously seem logical or reasonable. But it isn't. It wasn't that. It It's not going to be that. That doesn't exist. A world where, that you just painted can't exist. So we're just in a, in a – we see what he wants is that technocratic, totalitarian, borderline fascist, we, we say what's true, what's false – and when when we're right and you persist on wanting to be wrong, according to us, violent threats of violence against you, period. That's what the cops coming to vaccinate you is. That's a threat of violence. That's what right, that's the right. that's the that's the power that the police have is the is the monopoly on violence. So 
That's what he's well, calling for. That's what he wants. Yeah. So I wanted to go back to because he does make an interesting point, and there is a problem that I do think he's putting his finger on. That is a problem where he'll talk about like we need a media we can trust or whatever, and he pu- puts his finger on this like cynicism problem, and I think that that's kind of the point he's trying to make or maybe part of the issue, but he makes a weird point and it takes it in a weird direction. When he says the stuff about Alex Jones, or he's like, these people just love lies. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. I think that these people That's a straw are, man. Yeah, I think these people are highly suspicious of official narratives. And I do think you could fault them. Like, you could say that these people are too suspicious. Like, these people are almost a little bit revengeful. Like, they're willing to believe anything anti-establishment, anything anti-normative, just for the sake of, like, fuck the man, you know? And I think that that is a characterological flaw. But no, because why why are they that skeptical, though? That's the question. And And the answer is the opposite of what Sam Harris said. The answer is they hate lies. They were lied to for four straight years it came out right, right in evidence right. and cuz it was it was just fringe in the beginning now 4 years later his which is why he's all, all worked up is that it's not it's no longer fringe now everybody's like fuck these guys and why because now it's in evidence that they were lying so it's the opposite conclusion sam it's the opposite of what you're saying they hate lies so much that they're willing to believe things that seem absurd on their face they seem absurd in a normal world but they're in a world full of lying liars and that's pushed them into a place of complete and utter skeptical cynicism and rightfully and rightfully so well yes so that's my point is like i do think the cynicism is a problem where you become so skeptical that you don't believe anything that is a problem but the solution is not like this, the, he's misidentifying the problem. He's like saying that the problem is those people's skepticism. Like they just shouldn't be skeptical of anything. And then like you're their like, skepticism well, skepticism creates the lie somehow. Right. But it's like we knew that they lied. The lies are the problem. Like you're not even addressing the problem. You're just saying, forget the lies. What the problem is, is that you're skeptical of lies sometimes yeah, and, and 90% people who people, lie sometimes. Right. And 90% of the people he's worried about wouldn't even be in that group of people he has a concern over if there hadn't been all those lies. Right. So it's a, it's a total mischaracterization of what's even going. He like, again, he's in some weird bubble world where he is. It's like, he has no contact with reality at the moment. He's so confused, but he thinks he's, he thinks he has crystal clarity. Mindfulness stuff. (laughs) I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like, what has happened to Sam Harris? He used to be, uh, what's the word? Like a paragon, like a, like a, he's a, he could have been a pillar of reason, but he's become yeah. a, like a, something very bizarre and disconnected from all reason completely. But yet he maintains yeah. his articulate abilities, but it, it, they're so blatantly bizarre that even his, his capability as a speaker and a, and someone with a verbal IQ that's possibly unmatched in our modern world is like the dumbest yeah. among us are like, wow, that guy's, that guy's a fool. You know, why he well, so knows I, big words, but geez. Yeah. I did also want to bring up this point. So on the cynicism stuff, because I do think that that is a real problem to me. And 
I do worry about that maybe more than like other things. What? Cynicism? Cynicism. Yeah. The state of like everybody has been lied to so much that they stop believing anything. And that was actually a point I thought was really well made in this Jordan Peterson podcast with Helen Joyce. And she was saying, well, that's the point of things like queer theory is like to disrupt stable categories. And she was like a mathematician, Helen Joyce. And so she points it out like this, where she's like, well, you know, people will say like, what if you just change one little equation, like one little identity, like X equals two. And she's like, what if you just change it to like X equals three or something? And she's like, the problem is that in math, if you change one thing, the whole thing falls apart. It It is a threat to the entire structure of reality if you start changing just little things. And she's like, so the whole system, like even just little threats to integrity cascade up to the whole thing, the whole system. And I thought that was deeply metaphorical. But she says this and she's like, that's the whole point of queer theory, though, which is like, I don't know, you don't have to understand queer theory. It's like a form of philosophical reasoning. But that's the idea behind things like gender is a spectrum and race is a social construct. And like we need to essentially they're like these categories, you know, the boundaries of them are blurry and so we need to start uh, disrupting the categories, the stability of categories and whatnot. And so that's like how you can say men are women now or women are men and because sometimes blah, 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 like what really is a woman? And uh, she said the whole point of all of that is to make people stop believing anything. It's not so that people will believe lies. It's so that they won't believe anything. And I thought that that was an interesting point. But what's is there a problem with that though? I'm just I mean I'm just asking based on the fact that you've thought about it. Well, I think yeah, when people believe nothing, I think you're in a state of hopelessness and I think you're immobilized. Can you believe like, nothing though? Is that even possible? You know, I feel like you just what you do is you disbelieve certain things and you rearrange your beliefs and you believe different you believe new things. So you believe that because what I'm because fi- fi- I, I find it difficult to imagine that a human like 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 old kind of folk psychology, what they call now folk psychology, which I, I think is a bad term because I think they did know some things that were true. There's a lot of like focus on beliefs and desires and things like that. And I think that those are fairly fundamental aspects of like being a human, like having a human mind is that you you're going to have beliefs, you're going to have desires, they're going to interact and what you believe. And so what I see like this conversation revolving around and what it, what everybody include whether it's Sam Harris or the person that you're talking about that appears to have a borderline opposite opinion of Sam Harris or that's pointing out something similar and maybe drawing a different conclusion, this kind of um like what well, what about all the cynicism? What about all the not believing or believing wrong things or whatever? It that all seems in my mind to re- require and I don't have this fully fleshed out as far as like a solution or a full picture of it, but it requires somewhat of a system because what people are talking about when they're talking about not believing things, I can't get away from the notion that what who they're talking about something specific, but they want, they're trying to talk about it in generalities because we do that. We try to kind of create like general notions that could be like broadly mm-hmm. applied and the, something we can have like a lens through which we can understand everything. So we're, we're focused on the lens and not on what is being seen through the lens. And the lens is the system. The lens is the norm. And the, the lens is, is 
what's maybe new or what's breaking down because if you say like so so you said this and i'm i'm going to put it a different way you said like people don't it's it you said people like don't uh believe things or whatever you know it's like but i would say it's not that people don't believe certain things is that they don't believe they don't believe who's who, the people saying the things like that's the well, big so, thing so they yeah, I, they they believe other things they like so they they don't believe what the system is saying and the system is means like well we can't trust the media yeah exactly we can't trust the four fucking media companies because they're all compromised and by pharmaceutical ad money by the military industrial complex by this that and the other by uh political parties and and institutions they're all captured but there's now that we're in a world where there's that's that information is becoming democratized they're going it was a drip 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 from of one particular faucet and it looked like there's like four or five different faucets but now we realize it's all the same source it's all coming from the same place and that's what people don't believe anymore but now what do we have we have like 10 or a hundred thousand podcasts out there and that's what people are, are that's what these normie type people like even the lady that's yes, you're talking about yeah. or that well, Sam Harris, they're concerned about, they don't believe the official people. And it's like, well then, and I, I'm like, yeah, of course not. Like, and, and screw those well, people. No, I don't think that's what Helen Joyce was talking about, but, and this is the interesting part. So I'm glad you brought this up because I do want to clarify. I think what you're talking about is the object of belief. Like I believe in the media company or whatever, but what she's talking about, and this is an interesting distinction is like, belief the action, like the verb belief, and to believe something. And I think that when I say skeptical or cynical people, I think it's easy to immediately think like, oh, the like person who doesn't believe mainstream news. And I think that person actually believes things. That's why they're like that, because they believe things so strongly that if the government or whatever or whoever on the news comes out and says, Men are women. They believe men are men and women are women so strongly that they're like, yeah, I don't trust that source anymore. Like that's how strong their belief system is. When I'm saying like people don't believe, the real cynicism is the people who literally like don't believe anything so hard that they can accept things like men or women because you don't believe. Like you're so cynical you don't believe anything. And that's, I think, people misidentify cynicism. Like they think cynicism is the conspiracy theorist. But that's not the cynic. The cynic is the person who will just accept beliefs that other people say just because they say them because they literally don't believe anything themselves. Well, because they want to believe something and they don't and they're not thinking for them, I mean, this this is okay. It's clear that we need to do an episode on beliefs because it's a deep concept. I literally, like, on my phone right here, have a text message typed out to you already from yesterday, and I haven't sent it. I, <laughs> oh every time I text you, I cut it out and I copy it and I paste it back in because eventually I will send it. But I have a couple thoughts, and I didn't know if I was going to send them to you or if I was just going to like write about them because I, it hit me mm. recently. And I need to develop this thought, but think think of this, and we don't have to talk about this yet. I think we need to think about it, but I'm just going to throw this concept out there so that you have it and that people can, I wish we had listeners so that they could give us feedback 
and we then have I a could, couple we of could talk about If you're it. listening, tell us. <laughs> so, yeah, go on Twitter or wherever you can find us, Instagram, Social Psycho Podcast. Um so it says so this is what I this is a thought that I was having uh recently because I I've been wearing this I okay, this is a weird story, but this I was out in my driveway and this guy came by some like he wasn't Mexican, but he was like a he was like covered in drywall. He had been working down the road and he just I was out in the driveway. He walked in and we have a weird place, like scary. But he just walked up and he was like, hey, man, he's from like South America somewhere. And he was like. Can. Uh, can you he wanted like something like a, a ride or a, to charge his phone or whatever, like what 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 are you what are you trying to do? Like, I, I'll try to help you out here, you know, but I'm. I don't have much to give you, but like he wanted a ride like really far away. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I, I said, I'll pay for you to, I, I'll help you get an Uber, you know, like I'll get one to come. Mm-hmm, and I did, mm-hmm. I took him down the road and I was like, oh, it's not going to be too bad. It's like 30 bucks, you know? And I, so I took him to the gas station. We Uber picked him up and he didn't have any money. And he was like, I'll, I'm working tomorrow. I'll come back. And I'll give you money. I was like, okay. And he took off this necklace and he gave it to me. And he's like, you can hold on to this until I come back. And it's, he never came back, of course. And it's a star of David, so they say. And then I heard later, I've been wearing it just for fun. And I heard later that um, perhaps people don't know where that star came from. And that perhaps it's in fact the star of Satan, the star of Moloch, because there's no like tradition. There's nothing in the Bible or anywhere that talks about the star. And I was like, that's interesting. So I had this thought, and this is what the thought is. Does deception matter? So here's the thought experiment that kind of was floating in my mind. What what does it like this is a general question. I'm not I'm not asking the question rhetorically to say that it doesn't matter. I'm asking literally, like, what does it matter if crosses, like let's say the cross, really what turns out like we discovered somehow and it became truly known that crosses were like a relic of some ancient form of like evil satanic something, you know, like that's what it really first stood for. Kind of like the swastika, you know, like it was a Hindu symbol and then it got like co-opted by the Nazis. Like Mm. what if, what if that, like, what if that's true? And I think that that kind of trick, like just that conceptual trick, you could theoretically apply that to any thought, any belief, and so how do we ever really know what is truth there? What is belief? What, what does it matter? Does, is that, does that actually have an effect? Is like, you could almost ask the question, like, do symbols matter? And then you might say yes. And I go, well, what if, what if crosses are satanic and everybody's wearing them, but they think it means something good and godly? Does that matter? Like, what does the belief actually matter? And I don't mm-hmm. know the answer to that, but I think that it, it could be thought through because it, as I work through this, I've, I have a, not a hypothesis, but like a, I feel like there's a potential that you could come to a conclusion where you, it almost goes into that Sam Harris kind of weird transition he made to like dreams and beliefs and that there's no past, future, it's all this present kind of blah, blah, blah. It's like, what do you actually come to? If you go, wow, I can't trust anything. I can't trust any of my beliefs because I'm not really sure ultimately where any of them actually come from. Because I believe even the simple cross necklace that I'm wearing, you know, that this is actually a good thing and it means something about Jesus and love and peace and whatever. Mm-hmm. 
but ultimately it actually meant something else. And how did that happen? Was that covertly given to everybody in this thought experiment? Did that an evil group of people say, what, let's get all these, let's turn this into like a good symbol. So everybody wears our symbol all the time and thinks it's good, but it's really evil. What, what does that mean? You know, where, what, what does your belief therefore mean at some point? Does it matter if your belief was given to you by somebody else covertly and tricked you into thinking that a symbol was good or that a thing was good when it was really bad? Like there's something in this world of belief that's very interesting and yeah, so pleads for a very, a very strong uh, person, almost like a philosophical person, like that we need to be, and constantly, I don't know, I don't know, I haven't fleshed it out, but there's something there. Well, I think yeah, I guess my thought would be, you know, kind of very akin to Jordan Peterson. I don't know that the symbols matter so much like well like the example you gave like the what if this cross or what if this jewish star is actually you know a symbol of satan like the original intent was whatever it's like i don't know that that matters because i think you play out your belief systems on in reality in the world and the ones that are aligned with reality those survive and lead to productive good outcomes and the ones that are not aligned with reality lead to bad outcomes um, and death and destruction. And so I think, you know, it's only, it's belief made manifest. Like I don't think, because what are you talking about? I don't, I really don't know. And you do start getting into some Sam Harris, like thoughts are just hallucinations or whatever kind of stuff. When you're saying stuff like, well, beliefs not made manifest, that's like, uh, what is that then? Because I think you can talk about, yeah, like beliefs made manifest. Because then I think my answer to that riddle would be, well, does it matter if you have an allu- a, you know, a deception? Well, it only matters in so much as it's made manifest. It's like if your deception leads you astray and the deception is only consequential if it affects your action. And then, and that's what your, you know, constant, your beliefs are informing your actions and whatever. I don't think, you know, like if you have inconsequential beliefs, ones that don't inform your action or behavior or whatever, like I don't – I guess you could just set those aside to me. It's like I don't know about those, whatever. But different people – so Sam Harris will hear somebody's opinion that you might say, like Ben might say, well, that's inconsequential. Let them have the belief or not have the belief, whatever. Someone like Sam Harris may come and investigate that same belief in that same person and say this is a huge problem. This is somehow destructive, and if we had a world full of people with these kinds of beliefs, this is no good. So you end up with all these conflicts where beliefs, because nobody, not everybody's going to have the same beliefs. So then you have to navigate the world of a multiplicity of beliefs and kind of an inf- a, a basically an infinity of possibility to some to a ba- an essential infinity, and it makes me wonder. You know, it it almost points to the potential of the. It, of truth found in like the statement uh the the calling to from like the biblical perspective to set your eyes which is your mind because you're it's not talking about your real eyes set your eyes on the things above so because there's something there's like a focus and a belief like you're saying like there is beliefs in fact do manifest and oftentimes 
or maybe all the time. Right. Well, that's kind of what I was going to make the point. It's like what you're talking about kind of prior is like literally just semantics. Like it literally doesn't even matter. Like it's like what so, say you take the claim like this symbol is satanic. Like what does that even mean? Like those are just words. Like what what does that mean if it isn't being made manifest in any real th- way that we could this, point to? Right. Well, this might be like the externalization of the hierarchy, which is what we're kind of seeing with like the trans stuff and all this stuff, because those are beliefs that are being like weirded out right now. What if, so you're wearing the Jewish star, the star of David, whether you're just wearing it for fun or wearing it because you believe in you're like a Jew or whatever, you know, and then you discover that this is a bad symbol or something, you know? Okay. Well now what happens? What happens is personal. Now you now believe that you're wearing a satanic emblem. That, that actually has like an effect on the person, I believe, because I was wearing it that, mm, you know, yeah. that necklace just for fun, you know, I thought it was cool. And I'm like, how interesting, like, because now, now the notion that I have is confused. Now I'm, now I'm like, oh, I'm, where, I'm I was like making jokes to Kim. I'm like, oh, my, my star of Moloch, you know, where is it? Oh, I can't find it. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing. So when mm. this externalization of the hierarchy is, it's like a occult concept where which we've talked about before where you where you reveal the the kind of the thing behind it the occulted knowledge becomes made manifest it's no longer occulted now it's true now it's clear and then your beliefs and like you, we're just going to as people respond to that and the effect that that has ultimately we don't know and it may be happening now mm. you know that this that this everything is being revealed and then turned upside down and going, ah, you thought it was this way, but it's really this way. You know, this is how we, this is what it's really, and it, it shakes everything up for people. Like all the mm-hmm. settled snow in the globe is now everywhere. And people go, ah, I don't know. You know, I, and maybe we have all these manifestations. We have like people who knee jerk, like Sam Harris, people who believe nothing or believe everything that's just, uh, you know, the counter to what are they, uh, Whatever those people you call those people something uh, contrary, you know everything. Everything's yeah. contrary to the to the official thing, and it gets really. It's getting. I think we're just in. We've talked about this before too. We're like we're in that mode right now. We're in the mode of everything's up in the air, and it's yeah. really it's really interesting. But I don't know. No, I don't know. That's well, just that's interesting. We can think about yeah, it's an interesting little twist of like, well, what if you were told all of a sudden you became aware of. Some that symbol that stars history or whatever. Um, what if because, you became yeah, aware guess... that all of the news was coming from the same few little sources and it was all bullshit? What if that? Well, we now we know what if that. Like, uh, people go all over the place. It yeah. shakes things up. It makes things different. It changes things dramatically. And it causes some people, like Sam Harris, to go from, like, kind of normal to like psychotic authoritarian were coming to your house with guns and vaccines like wow that was crazy and he doesn't know that he's reacting to a a series of events that are more complex than he's giving them credit for they're more interesting than his simple little oh well you're just alex jones you're just hitler you're just trump is just bad you're bad. If if Biden has a pile of children in his basement, that's okay. I'll still vote for him. It's like, wow, wow, that was crazy. Where did that come from? 
you don't even realize you're in the snow globe with the rest of us, dude. And you're just one of those other stationary things having to react to all this new, new shit has come to light. <laughs> oh my God. To quote yeah. Well, even in Lebowski. that, in that scenario, I don't even like, this sounds radical, but like, say there was a really deadly pandemic. I still don't think it would be right to force people to get vaccinated. And of course not. I you know, either. it's like it it may be costly, like in terms of people's like the death count or whatever, like say vaccines really could have saved lives or whatever. Um, well, I still think because this is like where you have to start. It gets really complicated. You start getting, you know, into this like, well, I believe that. That's just wrong. Like, you can't transgress against that. Like, you can't force people to do something against their will just because you think it's right. Like, that's that that's you playing God, and I think that that's a, a sin. You know, like, that's something wrong. Like, you shouldn't transgress in that way. And, and it's a super over, oversimplification to assume. It's almost like, I don't know if I want to say it's, like, easy or it's, like, the simple thing. Like, there's something over, like, too, you're not thinking about this right. Like, you... That's, it's like the, it's, it takes no thought. It's a very, this, it's, there's no thinking involved mm. with, oh, well, we'll, people don't get vaccine. We want them to have vaccine. We send people with guns to make them do vaccine. It's like, <laughs> wow, that was, that's just so, if, the, like, I, what's simple, it's what's like what the computer and would do. And what's right is not always the same thing. Like, yeah, it may be hard and difficult and messy to do things other ways, but there's a reason we do them. Like there's a reason democracy has our democracy or republic has all these moving parts that are that are hard to work within, but that make it better than authoritarianism. Like it doesn't just because authoritarianism right, makes right. it simpler or easier or something doesn't make it a better situation. You have right, I mean, it's more so, efficient, so it's better. Right. So in the case of Sam Harris's psycho world of airborne Ebola, which likely doesn't even exist, and probably vaccines made in the lab. In, exactly. And probably come <laughs> from the and, and then the, also the perfect vaccine and stuff, so you're still going to have conscientious objectors. You're still gonna to have to go find the Amish people and also shoot them with guns, you psychopath. Like ultimately you're you're creating and that those are the types of things that I don't know how much of like i don't know it's like he's he went full retard for a minute because like that's the kind of stuff you do not come back from you do well that's another interesting twist of like i mean would people have felt differently about all of this that's kind of like one form of deception like would you behave differently if you believed that the vaccine or the virus sorry uh was natural versus unnatural like if it was man-made versus just came out of nature and I think that would change a lot of people's opinions on what should have been done, how it should have been done, uh, what freedoms yeah. and restrictions people should have had. And, and that doesn't that even relate eight. to the lethality. And they already screwed the pooch, though. Like they've, because now they like to talk about, well, the next, what if the next pandemic, blah, blah, blah. it's like, pandemic it doesn't matter. You, you screwed yourself. Like you already lied through this one. So even if an airborne Ebola and a perfect vaccine did come out, you already fucked it all up because nobody's going to believe you because you lied and you lied and you lied. And now you're bitching that people won't trust you next time. It's like, well, then I guess you shouldn't have fucking lied. I guess you shouldn't have been so wrong 
and authoritarian, shut down the country, fucked over millions of Americans, people that had businesses, owned businesses that are never going to come back. They'll never recover from that. You fucked it. Yeah. You fucked it all up. You're yeah. evil people and you've it, it, there's nothing to do now. So fuck off. You have no more legitimacy here. You you're done. You're done. You did it to yourself too. You could you could have done it otherwise. You could have been otherwise. You could have told the truth. You could have not right. marched in lockstep with everybody else and said and been offered some some mainstream or or whatever you want to call it, systematized skepticality, but instead you didn't. Instead, you just went along with the stupid narrative that half the people could see with their own fucking eyes wasn't true. People were getting COVID. People right, were getting right. tested for COVID and having COVID and having no idea they even had it. Like, But you said the, that that wasn't possible. And then you said it was possible. Then you said masks work. Then you said they don't work. Then oh, you said okay. if you don't get the vaccine, you're a piece of yeah. shit. Then you said the vaccines don't. I mean, you just lied every step of the way. So it I. It wasn't fault... just that you were wrong. It's that they lied. Yeah, they and knew I, so better. I, yes. And you can. And if you even if you never said a different thing, but you just didn't present it as even if you were just wrong the whole time and you weren't lying, that right. that's a more humble position because exactly. th that leaves you room to go fuck. Wow, we were really wrong, and that what that does is. <laughs> It ought to inform you that, wow, there's so we can think a thing, be wrong. And the fact that that's so readily possible that we could think something traumatic, be wrong about it. And then we at some point had the impulse to use deadly force or to fuck everything up because of this thing we thought that we now know is wrong. We should reevaluate and realize we should never do that again. We should never we should realize right, right. again this is the hubris thing we always come back to you should if you don't know that you can be wrong you pretend that you can't be wrong and you want to use these kinds of do these kinds of measures and then it come out that you're wrong what you need to learn there is that that's not what you do when you think a thought you don't rearrange everything and start acting in the world as if all of that was true. You need to be humble and realize that you can't do those kinds of authoritarian things. You can't do that. If you do, right, right. You, you you mess everything up. So and well, now, at my point again, you, they're all. It's too bad. It's too little, too late. Like no, you can't. You just can't come back from that. I'm sorry. Like I don't know why people think like Sam Harris well, that we need to get back to some better place. Like you all, it's done. It's done. Well, it's, it's scary because, I mean, and someone's people have made this point. I can't remember exactly who, but uh, it's like the trans stuff to me. Like if you are a trans parent or not a trans parent, sorry. If you are a parent of a trans child that you help transition, there's no going back for you. Like you're no never going, going to compromise that belief. Like because you've done something irreversible to your child. You, you had a belief and you took traumatic very, action. Right. And so you can't ever acknowledge that you were wrong because acknowledging that you were wrong means that you should undo, you should undo something that can't be undone. And so I feel like these or people are going to- Or that you did something, to, you have to believe about, you have to change, have a belief about yourself, which is that you did something almost unforgivable. You know, like, uh, like right, really, yeah. you did something really, really bad. Like you right. chopped and your kid's dick off and now they're not them. five anymore. Yeah. And what- what are you going to do? Like, you have to admit you were a bad parent. Like, you did a horrible, horrible thing. And Looking the right thing them, to do yeah, is exactly. to admit that. That is what you have to do. You have to get on your knees and humble yourself, not because some authoritarian is telling you to, but because you did something wrong. 
And right. that some people, I mean, I don't know yeah. what kind of life you've lived where that's never happened to you. I feel like I, I, I fuck up all the time. I I think I'm a loser. I I think that's a fine way to believe. It's like it's like almost borderline the Socrates conversation we had. Like Socrates, like I just don't know anything. So, whew, thank God, like uh, all that's off me now because I just I'm not going around compl- com- proclaiming that I know everything there is to know, and right. well, therefore I yeah. don't have to bear the responsibility of being an idiot constantly. I don't have to be yeah. constantly apologizing for not know for saying I knew things I didn't know, like because that makes you look like a fool, and it's hard well, to was, admit that. Yeah, I was trying to tie it back to like the vaccine stuff because I think that's very akin. You have a very similar situation with all these people who came out and were so crazy about all of this, you know pandemic nonsense about what we needed to do and and it's like I don't think they're I think they're gonna stay that way like I don't think there's really a road out for them other than that like getting on your knees and being like I did a really bad thing as a person because now it's come to light you didn't save lives you may have caused a you know epidemic of vaccine injuries and and you were responsible for that so like what is the path forward for you now? You know, it's like, because that's, some of that's irreversible damage. Like the same thing with the trans stuff. It's like, there's no way for you to atone for that in like the, you know, I could just, you know, help you. Like people have died because of vaccine injuries, like myocarditis and stuff. So, and if, if what we're saying is like it, you know, if there were truly, and it seems very clear that there were truly more (laughs) injuries from the vaccines than injuries from COVID, then, that is a very bad place to be. And I think that that psychologically is the same kind of place that I was saying about the trans or the parents of trans kids. It's like, I don't know that obviously there's a very strong incentive not to change your belief system because changing it would cause you to literally have to become a new person. But that's it's also kind of a, an illusion or a delusion because, you know, it, part of RFK's story that I think draws people to him is the part of the story that he tells where he says, I didn't believe any of this vaccine stuff. I didn't believe it. I had these mothers following me around all of my speeches and they just kept hounding me. And literally a lady came to my house and said, I'm just going to basically, basically she's like, I'm just going to harass you and not leave until you read this stuff. And then when you read it, I'll leave. And that is like a, a story that that's like this thing that people don't realize is that you are so full of pride. You are literally the emperor with no clothes because you will not admit. I mean, the emperor would re could potentially regain power by simply admitting I was wrong. I was naked. That was how stupid of me. And I'll, and because of how wrong I was, I've learned a lesson. And now that I learned this lesson, I'll do better next time. And I'll never do these types of things again. But these people don't even realize that that's, they could actually, re, many of them could regain a standing, regain the thing that they're so desperate not to lose, which is this pride or people adoring them or whatever. But you, they're just not doing it. Like, but you could do it. Like that people will respect that. Like a great person, a great man, a great woman, whatever, who ends up being deadly wrong can can become a hero like that's part of like the yeah, archetypal yeah. journey it's part of the archetypal journey almost is that like you don't even know you know like you 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 think you're the well it almost makes your story more powerful you're like 
I went there and I, I'm doing this at great personal cost. And that, you know, says something about what I'm saying, you know, the meaningfulness of what I'm saying, if I'm saying it at great personal cost. Yeah, like and you I, have to yeah, say it when it is this. a personal cost, not when everybody else finally comes around and then you jump on a bandwagon of culpability. That's not, that doesn't count. And people will not respect that. They might think, they might try to, they're going to try to pull that trick, but they'll, it won't work and they'll go, huh, that's so weird. But it's because there's, that's called safe dangerous. That's what Sam Tripoli calls it. When you come out mm. and you say the thing that's a little bit dangerous, but once you already have all the power or everybody else is already saying it, or you've become a minority by not saying it, like now you say the dangerous thing, well, too little, too late. Again, do the right thing when it's the right thing to do as soon as you know it's the right thing to do. Anybody can be forgiven for being wrong, even right. if you do do a bad thing. But, you know- Do do. <laughs> you got to do do the bad the do do a good thing now. Do do the good things. And they just do, won't, do the good just, things. So the fact that that's just like a huge grand picture of the landscape in which we live in and it's just funny. But yeah. I mean let's see I yeah. just we no, can end No, no, I got to go. We can't yeah, we can't go. Do on. you have to go? This is the okay. end. Yeah. Okay. I have a meeting. Sorry. Ben has a meeting. It's more important than hearing Sam Harris say more dumb stuff. So. No, we listen to so much Sam Harris. You can go listen on your own time if you want to hear more dumb stuff. We've played enough. Like, why are we Why are we amplifying his dumb opinions? <laughs> Just to point it out, it's fun. It's entertaining. <laughs> oh my God, that's what Sam Harris would say. Why are we amplifying his voice? We need why to stop. We, we've, we're using some kind of mystical, algorithmic, mind, blah blah meditate. Join my Meditate. other podcast. Get my meditation app. Don't worry yeah. about that. Don't worry about the children, the corpses in Hunter Biden's basement. Just be in yes. the present. Be in the now. Piles of dead kids are only bad if they're uh, in from COVID and not from a murderer <laughs> in a basement. Those Isn't that so absurd? Matter. That's what I'm like say. It's like it just like the the that next to the problem is like. Clearly, this is not an efficient or effective solution to the problems that we're talking about. Like, <laughs> corpses in the basement. Well, just be mindful. Just be mindful. Just pay attention. And, and it, corpses in a basement are so insignificant compared to Donald Trump being mean. <laughs> right. Yeah. Him saying words that we don't like anyway god the world's ending it's fine hopefully uh it'll get better um i believe a lot of people uh want it to get better so yeah just be humble and be normal 